Welcome to another special episode of The Night Shift. Mike Stubbs and Kyle Grimard. A smiley day. That's just what this feels like. Whenever you have an NHL draft where you see players on your favorite team selected one after the other, after the other, after the other, it gets pretty amazing. Plus... The London Knights also had three draft picks who are playing elsewhere who were also selected. We're going to recap everything that has gone on in the NHL entry draft, and we will talk with Oliver Bonk, Easton Cowan, Denver Barkey, and Jacob Julian. And the schedule has also come out, so there is a roadmap for 2023-2024. You can follow us on socials. Kyle is at... Kyle Grimard, that's G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can follow me at Stubbs980. You can send us any kind of questions or comments. Mike at 980cfpl.ca will get it done. Kyle, it might be a very warm summer day if somebody's listening to this before December. But, boy, it is great to be talking hockey. And congratulations to the London Knights for more players headed to NHL teams. Gosh, it was so exciting getting a chance to see their names called and you get two of them on night one where everything is extended. It's first round. You guys are taking, or teams are taking three or four minutes in between picks. There's drama building. You don't know who's going to go off the board and select someone. And there were rumors that there were a couple of nights maybe at the end of the first round that could have gone. And lo and behold, the Philadelphia Flyers step up to the podium at 22 and select defenseman Oliver Bonk. Not bad. Not bad. Oliver Bonk is somebody who had played in the top prospects game on the CHL all-rookie team. And you love seeing that because anybody who is selecting either players to go to the top prospects game or selecting for the CHL all-rookie team They're seeing a guy for what he does. He's not going to be somebody who's pouring points in, or he's not one of those little water bug defensemen who is zipping all over the ice and you always notice him. He's the catalyst for everything. Oliver Bonk is as steady as they come, does the right thing when it needs to be done. Every once in a while, he'll jump up and score a shootout winner in Sault Ste. Marie after the Knights have had about six hours sleep to win a game. (laughs) We'll get to that a little later when we talk about the schedule. But overall, Kyle Oliver Bonk as a first-rounder, doesn't it just fit? It, well, it really does. And and all of the, the statistics and the measurements on him, he's he's a six foot two defender. He's got great size. He's a right hand shooting defenseman. He's got a great first pass out of his own end. A lot of his highlights are about closing gaps on forwards coming into the zone and him being able to get his reach around using his stick and also his body. And like you said, chipping in offensively when he can. It's not forced. It's just when called upon. And this also all happens. I wonder, Mike, and I I don't know if you think the same thing. I wonder if his draft stock is even higher if he is not sitting behind a Logan Mayu who was on the London Knights roster and Isaiah George who's a fourth round selection of the New York Islanders, a Sam Dickinson who got ton of rave reviews coming over from Niagara in a deal with London earlier this season as a rookie. Like there's all these defenders on the London Knights and he is still carving a name for himself as a now a first round selection and I just I just wonder had maybe a couple other guys not been there, but that also makes for a really great organization and a great team when you can stand out despite a lot of other great players being in, on the team. 
we had a chance to talk with Oliver. And one of the things to listen for is exactly what Kyle said, what the organization in behind you allows you to do in your growth. And Oliver will talk about it. The first thing we asked him, though, First round pick, Philadelphia Flyers, 22nd overall. Has it sunk in? Uh, not yet, really. I'm still trying to still trying to kind of make it sink in, but it's just an amazing feeling. Take us to sitting in the seats at the draft. It begins. It was pretty well known. Connor Bedard was going to the Blackhawks. What's it like wondering where you yourself are going to go? Yeah, well, you always uh, you have kind of a range of, of where they think you're going to go. So you have you have that, but you're kind of guessing, guessing depending on the teams coming up. And it's pretty stressful when, when your range comes up and you're wondering which team's going to pick you. So it's, it's a lot of nerves. So when did you start feeling the nerves? About what pick? Uh, probably around uh, starting at 18, probably pick going going on. So that's that was my range from 18 up. So I think that's when I kind of started uh, – Heart started to beat a bit fast. Well, you didn't have to wait too long, at least. I mean, the the heart only beat faster about four picks. When you hear your name called, does it sink in, hey, that's me, or does it take a second? Well, you kind of, they kind of set it up uh, from London, and then, you know, it's, you know, it's either you or Cow, then they call your name, so it's, uh, then you're kind of, your heart drops, so you don't really, most guys don't remember walking down the stage. It's not like, uh, it's not much of a shock to them. Your dad has been through this. Your dad has played in the NHL. How nice was it to have somebody who knew how you were feeling? Yeah, it was great. I think he was, uh, for, for this draft, he was more stressed out than me for it, I think. So he was, he was anxious to see where I was going to go and uh, gave me a lot of support over, over the course of over the, like the season and this draft. So. London Knights defenseman, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman, Oliver Bonk, joining us as we go through what draft night was like for him. Your dad wound up being interviewed by Carolyn Cameron. I don't know whether that has gotten back to him, but but he had a great salad comment about about the hair. The hair always comes up between you guys. Yep, yep. I was actually, I just finished my interview there, and they are about to take the mic off me so I could, like, I was hearing what they were saying on the TV, and then, uh, I, was, I finished my interview and they're like, no, 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 keep it on because his dad's going on. So I got to, I got to listen as he, as he was talking. So I was, I was looking back at him and he was talking about that. So it was a pretty good moment. <laughs> That's great. How about the idea of, of going to Philadelphia or, or being now set that you have an NHL team beside your name? What is that like? Yeah, it's a great feeling. Obviously, you're happy to go to any team, but I think Philly's a great spot for 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 anyone, especially me. I think it's gonna be it's a hard working organization with a really good coach, who's a really really fair coach. So I think it's a lot like London. So I'm I'm excited. What do you look back at this year to think, hey, this got you to the first round? Is there anything in particular, or was it was it trusting the process, like the line goes? Yeah, I think just trusting the process. It's uh, a little cliche, but when you're in London, that's what you have to do with uh, Dale and Dale and Mark. They have they have plans for you, and they followed mine to T, and it ended up really well. I gained their confidence going into the season, and didn't look back from there. First round NHL pick, Oliver. Congratulations. Enjoy everything that is happening. You're still in Nashville for a little bit. 
Yep, yep. Uh, f- tomorrow I'm flying out to Philly, but uh, still national for today. <laughs> well, enjoy and enjoy development camp in Philadelphia. Congratulations on becoming a Philadelphia Flyer. Thanks, Dubsy. Appreciate it. London Knights defenseman Oliver Bonk. So you set out those goals. You set out how you want to develop. And this is, again, people wonder about the Knights. And we've talked a lot about how many players do go on and play in the National Hockey League and how the total of London Knights in the NHL is very disproportionate. You should average based on the number of players coming out of the Canadian Hockey League. So major junior teams should average seven, eight, nine players at any given time playing in the National Hockey League. The Knights are usually right around 30. (laughs) Seriously. Sometimes it might dip to 26. Sometimes it might rise to 32. But it's usually right around that mark. And this is one of the reasons why. You hear Oliver say it. Mark and Dale Hunter set out a plan. Here's what we think you can do. Here's what we think you can be. Let's help you get there. And that's exactly what happened. And it got him all the way to the 22nd pick. Well, Kyle, there are Maple Leaf fans in London who are wondering about Easton Cowan because Easton Cowan was the Maple Leafs' first-round pick. I don't know what kind of after-school special we could create about this, but there is a movie somewhere here. I still haven't been able to confirm this, but there is a picture out there on Reddit, and it's a picture of a youngster at a Toronto Maple Leafs game. Yep. Mitch Marner is in the photo, and there is a youngster who you see from the back who is banging on the glass. He has a Maple Leafs jersey on, and it has Cowan on the back. Now, someone has said this is Easton Cowan. We'll confirm that when we can. We had a chance to talk with him, but I hadn't seen the picture just yet, so I didn't have a chance to ask him about it. But Easton Cowan goes 28th overall to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Kyle, I think we have to look at the story behind the scenes here. Let's remember, at the beginning of this year, Easton Cowan was not the guy who was scoring clutch goals in the playoffs. He was not the guy who was scoring at basically a point-per-game pace in the playoffs. He wasn't the guy who, along with Denver Barkey, had formed this line with Ryan Winterton that was absolutely relentless and something that a lot of teams had trouble dealing with. He was coming out of Junior B. He played a couple of games in the OHL, and he was a rookie in the OHL. And you would have scouts maybe a month or so into the season, and they would start asking questions about Easton Cowan. And it was because they were hoping maybe he would have a fairly quiet year because they could see there was something there. But if he has a quiet year, maybe he's that guy. And scouts are always looking for this. It's not about who you take first overall or second overall. It's about who you can get your team in the sixth round or the seventh round. You always want to find those gems. The Detroit Red Wings managed to do this year after year. Pavel Datsuk was one of those guys. Imagine being the scout that found Pavel Datsuk. Or Henrik Zetterberg or Joe Pavelski. Bingo. You have a job for life. You found that guy. Please do it for us again. And it was like Easton Cowan might be that guy. If he has a a quiet year, because he is only a rookie, and he's still learning, and he's not the biggest guy on the ice. Well, then the buzz started to grow with how he started to play. And then he just kept improving and improving and improving. And eventually, he was that guy who was a point per game, basically, in the playoffs. He was that guy scoring clutch goals, blocking shots, had that penalty kill shift that was out of this world. And that has elevated him 
all the way to a first rounder. That's wild. It really is impressive. And I went back and looked at the numbers too. And he had 53 points over the course of the season in 68 games. But the final 30 games of the regular season, he tallied 29 points. On top of that, Mike, he then had another 21 in 20 playoff games. So over his final 50 games of the London Knights organization, he was a point-per-game player with 50 points in 50 games. You want to talk about why the back half of the regular season in playoffs rose his draft stock? That's exactly it. You also don't have to go in and teach him a skill set because he does virtually everything. He can play on the power play. He's a PK specialist. He is a 200-foot player that plays the wing. It is so hard to find players like that that are so dedicated. The highlight package will show just as many chances of the other team skating the other way and Easton Cowan tracking the forward down than him entering the zone and creating a scoring opportunity because he does all of those things. I had a lot of people reach out to me because of how closely we follow the London Knights and they're saying, is he worth it? Did we reach? Did we do this? Because obviously they're all Leaf fans. And I said, listen, Maybe he was unexpected to go in the first round, maybe 20. Maybe he wasn't because the Toronto Maple Leafs did not have a pick in the second round or the third round. They were not confident he was going to be there in the fourth round, maybe even the third round. So they made the decision that we're not going to find this guy later on in the draft. We're going to take him now because we like him. We see where he could be in a couple of years. Here's an exercise for Maple Leaf fans. And this is a, a good thing to debate This podcast is coming out as the long weekend begins, so debate away. You got time. There are players who you can win with, because anybody can win. There are players you can win with. There are also players who you win because of. The Vegas Golden Knights just won the Stanley Cup. You could make the argument that they won because of Jonathan Marcheseau. They won because of Mark Stone. Because of Alex Petrangelo. You can probably include a couple other because ofs. Take the Maple Leafs roster. Tell me who you win with because they're very skilled and contribute, but also tell me who you win because of. Easton Cowan is a guy who you win because of, and there's a big difference, and I think that's going to be the key to his success in professional hockey. Well, and I think we saw that, Mike, in the OHL championships against the Peterborough Peets. I believe it was game three that both Easton Cowan and Denver Barkey unfortunately missed due to illness. The Knights lost that game because two of their catalyst players that you win because of were not in the lineup. Easton Cowan returned for game four. All he does a minute and a half into the game is open the scoring. Bingo. Well, We chatted with Easton. A lot has been made about where he was sitting at the draft, where he wasn't down in the lower rows where a lot of first-rounders are. He was up a little bit. We talked to him about that first round. It's going along. Was he thinking there was a chance that he could hear his name? Yeah, you know, obviously you kind of, you know, got an idea of where you think you might go heading into the draft, but you never know. So, you know, kind of just, you know, expect it to be... You, know, you kind of got a mindset to, you know, you got to be expected to be picked, but not at the same time. So, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, obviously, you know, really honored to be drafted to the Leafs there, and I can't wait to get down to Toronto. Now, you are from Mount Bridges. Mount Bridges is fairly close to Toronto in the grand scheme of things when we look North America wide. Growing up, did young Easton Cowan own any Leafs memorabilia, a hat, a mini stick, a jersey? 
Yeah, you know, I, I had a bunch of that kind of stuff. And, uh, me and my uncle and, you know, my family members, we'd always train down a game. So uh, it's pr- it was pretty special last night to put on that, you know, blue and white. And uh, it, it's a moment I'll never forget. So take us to the moment that you heard your name called and, and what happens then? Can you remember any of it right now? Uh, you kind of black out a bit, but, you know, you remember just hugging your family and, you know, uh, you know, I guess, you know, uh, hugging other guys throughout the league and stuff. So uh, it was great, and I'm really happy my friends and family were here. Easton Cowan joining us, one of the newest members of the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you get down to the floor, you get up on the stage, you put on the jersey. Does anybody say anything much to you, or is it just kind of posing for pictures time? Uh, pictures and, you know, a couple of people say, you know, you're ha- we're happy to have you. And then obviously, you know, I'm, I'm excited to get down there. So it should be good to get down there Saturday and I'm looking to have some fun there. Easton, look back over this year. When the year started, you knew what you could do on the ice. But as the year went along, it seemed that there was more attention to what you were doing on the ice. Did you feel that as a player or was that just something you went out and played? Yeah, you know, obviously I I love playing the game and I want to win. So just having that confidence each and every game and just, you know, starting to understand the league better, uh, it helped me a lot. And obviously, you know, my coaches and teammates and my family were there to help me and my friends. So, uh, like I said, I thought, like, I got better throughout the year and uh, I felt like, you know, I was a huge factor for the team and uh, that's what I want to be. Is there any family member you think that is more fired up about this than even you might be? Probably my dad or my uncle, for sure. My whole family, friends, everyone, really. So it's been awesome. Well, I know you still have probably a thousand text messages to answer and uh, a whole lot more to do before you hit developmental camp on the weekend. Easton, congratulations. What an amazing time. Enjoy all of it. Thank you, Stubbsy. Easton Cowan, a guy who absolutely loves to play hockey and Leaf fans, he's the because of you're going to love this guy. And then we move on to his line mate. And Kyle, we were just talking about this. Guys you win because of. Denver Barkey, those qualities that he can be that game breaker. You need a goal, he's going to find a way to get it. But you also need a forecheck that turns over a puck, he's going to do that. You need a blocked shot, he's going to do that. All of those little things... Denver Barkey winds up going in the third round to the Philadelphia Flyers, so he joins Oliver Bonk. These two played head-to-head at the top prospects game, but they are now teammates on the Knights and could one day be teammates on the Philadelphia Flyers. Denver Barkey is somebody who throughout his career has never been the biggest player on the ice, but has never let that stop him. To see him selected in the third round was absolutely tremendous. And the Flyers, what do you think about the guy that they get in round three? Well, it's funny because you look at his stats and they're eerily similar to Easton Cowens. He had 22 goals and 59 points in 61 regular season games. And you look at his size and you'll go, ah, he's he's five foot nine, 155 or whatever pounds. You go watch the game tape on Denver Barkey, you will be shocked at how often he is using his physicality to his advantage. I remember in his rookie year, he was going up against, I might have been an overager, a 20-year-old defenseman, I believe was on the Guelph Storm at the time, and he went into the corner and is going toe-to-toe with the defender and not backing down from the fight. He is looking for physicality. It almost like it, it, it basically grows his game to allow him to get more intense, more involved in the game, and you'll never think of a guy at maybe his size 
wanting that physicality and he almost thrives off of it. He bounces off of checks. He was getting more and more involved in battling in the corners and coming out with the puck and not shying away from it. So if you can look at the size and think of one thing, but when you actually go watch him and how involved he is in the corners, coming out with pucks, setting guys up and going into the dirty areas, you're going to like a lot of him. And a lot of people look at it. And I even, I know the London Knights are biased to their own players, but they say, listen, this could be very well a steal of the draft in the third round. A guy who exemplifies similar characteristics and points as a guy, his teammate who was taken in the first round. Take a look at a lot of the reaction to the draft. And there's always a lot of it, but they will have draft grades flying everywhere. Everybody's got their draft grades. Look at the Philadelphia Flyers. Look at the grades they continue to get. They are usually A or B or B plus. And the name that keeps popping up along with Matvey Mishkov is Denver Barkey and what he could mean being selected in the third round along with a pick like Oliver Bonk in the first round. They're getting really high draft grades, and for good reason. Again, because you win because of a guy like Denver Barkey. We had a chance to talk with Denver just a couple of hours after he was drafted in Nashville, and we did it on London Live on 980 CFPL, so we got to congratulate him on becoming a draft pick of Philadelphia. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. What was it like to be there in Nashville knowing that at some point your name was going to be called, but – but you never know when. Yeah, um, obviously there's a lot of unknown with the draft, but um super grateful to, to be there, um, to spend time with my family and friends, um, and then to hear your name called. Uh, it's just a childhood dream, dream come true, and uh, words can't really explain it. It's just a it's really super, um, super cool feeling, um, surreal. Um, kind of at loss for words still. I haven't really let it sink in yet, but uh, an honor and, and a really exciting time for me and my family. Well, congratulations again. Denver, for anybody who has not seen what happens once you are drafted, take us through, you know, hearing your name called, you're in the stands, you have to come out of the stands, and you have to go and, and get yourself your first NHL jersey that is is yours. This is now your team. Take us from there. What sorts of things happen? Yeah, so um, I hear my name get called, um, obviously, and then, um, you kind of stand up, um, hug your family members and, and agents and, and everyone there that was there to support you um, along your journey. Um, once you're done that, you kind of walk down, and, yeah, they've got a, they've got a person waiting for you um, with your jersey, and you walk, walk to their table, and, and you meet all the staff, and then you go back behind the scenes, and, and you've got pictures and, and, and stuff like that, upper deck things and interviews and, and all that, so... Um, a lot of things to do after that happened. Didn't really get to go on my phone, but uh, I just turned on my phone uh, 30 minutes ago. And I've got a lot of text messages and stuff to go through, so I'm not really looking forward to all that. But No doubt. Well, I mean, those are fun. The fact that you've yeah. got people probably from, from your entire life. I mean, George McPhee was talking about this. He's with the Vegas Golden Knights. He said when they won the Stanley Cup, he was hearing from people that he hadn't talked to since he lived in a neighborhood and they were the kids in the yard behind his. The number of people that come out of everywhere is pretty phenomenal because it is it is that big a moment. And now, now you get a chance to say, hey, I'm property of an NHL team. The road yeah. that you've taken, I mean, you know, being just 18, that's, 
that's not a whole large part of a life, but still, you've worked an awful lot. You've worked awfully hard to get to this point. When you, you now get a chance to say, yeah, I, I, I did it. I, I did it. What is it like to, to sit back and, and maybe just kind of soak that in? Yeah, uh, obviously, like I said, that's just a childhood dream. And uh, this this day has been something I've looked forward to my whole life. So um, to get to get my name called and, yeah, to be a part of an NHL team is super surreal and exciting. But, you know, the work's just getting started. It's a long road to, to the National Hockey League. And um, it's, not, it's not that easy. I mean, it's the best league in the world. So um, a lot of work to do. But um, kind of just trying to enjoy this moment and, and look back on all, all the hockey memories I've had so far, and and just to to see how how far I've come along, and and kind of just excited for the rest of the path I've got in my uh, hockey career. So, great stuff. Well, you'll have one of your own teammates with the Knights, Oliver Bonk, at development camp with you, and I know that begins soon. So we'll let you get going and get working on all those text messages. But Denver, thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Denver Barkey on everything that happens after you hear your name called. And he had great recall on that. A lot of times, Kyle, you'll have players who will say, yeah, I heard my name called, or or at least I heard them say my team and my first name. I don't remember anything after that until I walked off the stage. (laughs) No idea what happened. So Denver did a great job taking us through all of the things that happened. And now here's the other part of this. Oliver Bonk, Easton Cowan, Denver Barkey, you can expect them back in Londonite uniforms this year. Oh, yeah. This is a case where these guys are going to continue to develop under Dale Hunter and his coaching staff with the London Knights. And then, Kyle, we get maybe the coolest story of the NHL entry draft. Jacob Julian. And if you don't know Jacob Julian's story, he's from London. He was a third-round pick in the under-18 OHL priority selection, so he was not selected when, during his draft year. He was selected a year later. He started the 2022-2023 season playing in the GOJHL with the London Nationals. He was taking a full engineering course load at Western. And if you know anything about engineering, a full course load in engineering means you don't usually see daylight You are learning, you are studying, and you are, I I don't know what you're doing. You're engineering. You don't have a lot of time for extracurricular activities. That's Let's just say that. So that was where Jacob Julian was. Fast forward eight months, he's a fifth-round pick (laughs) of the Winnipeg Jets. Wait a minute. How did this even happen? Well, the London Knights saw what he was doing with the London Nationals and gave him an opportunity to come and play a couple of games in the OHL. Then they gave him that choice. Would you like to maybe give hockey a shot at this next level? Maybe, who knows, maybe take a crack somewhere else. The Knights really liked what they saw because he is somebody, watch him on the forecheck. Love watching Jacob Julian on the forecheck. When a puck gets dumped in, there are players who go flying after it, and they're just going 100 miles an hour and hoping that they can get near it. Jacob Julian seems to have this sixth sense about where it's going to wind up. And he's not necessarily going 100 miles an hour, but he's going to the puck. And he will wind up getting it. He's got these great hands. He's got deceptive speed for a big guy. And when he was given the opportunity, he took it. And he decided, I'm going to give hockey a shot. And here he is. Fifth-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and, and he was utilized. We talked about the Hunters and what they were able to do and challenging their players to see if they could handle a certain workload or a certain responsibility. 
They did that with Jacob Julian. He was out in penalty kill situations. He was out at times on a power play unit late in the game where they needed a goal. He was out late in the game trying to kill and and trying to defend a lead. The Hunters knew that he was going to be able to live up to these challenges. And all he did was become a very important, valuable player for this team in a long postseason run that saw him very heavily involved. He ended up chipping in with 16 points over the course of 40 games and you're going to look at his size again, and you're going to see 6'4", 180 pounds. He's going to return back to London again and really develop a lot of his skill sets. But it was the intangibles. It's his it's his mindset. It's his knowledge of the game. He's not chasing pucks. He's meeting them at a location that he is going to beat other defenders to. He's already seeing where he can go to get the puck. Instead of chasing it around the net, he's cutting through the, he's cutting through the offensive zone and meeting it at a, at a place point. And watch how quickly, when Jacob Julian gets a puck, watch how quickly it's off his stick to make a play. And it could be just a pass in center ice. He always has his mind trained on what needs to happen next, thinking that next level. And that's something that NHL teams could not ignore. The Winnipeg Jets ended up getting Jacob Julian. We chatted with Jacob Julian and, first of all, asked for his rendition of the last eight months yeah i mean when the when the, the knights called just to get up practices um and then they offered to sign and i was like well there's no point in going 50 percent effort into school 50 percent into hockey and then obviously playing for the knights is every everyone's dream every little kid's dream and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity so there's one might as well go 100 hockey so tell us how you found out that this was happening, that you were being drafted by the Jets. Yeah, I mean, me and my uh, me and my family were just playing a little game of cards. We were playing some euchre, uh, just to kind of take the mind off the draft and everything. And then uh, I looked down at my phone, and uh, Easton Cowan ended up texting me. He said, congrats. And I was like, oh, I just got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a text from Easton Cowan that you had been drafted. That's the first you'd heard of it. Yeah, that was the that was the first. He was the first person to text me, and I wasn't looking at him. Focused on the game. That is absolutely the most unique way to find out. Did you finish the game of euchre? Oh no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> That kind of becomes secondary at that point. So, so what happened? I mean, did you tell your family, "Hey, guess what? Did you jump up from the table? What happened?" Yeah, I was, uh, I was like, "Oh, look at the iPad, <laughs> look at the draft." And sure enough, there's your name, and no doubt Winnipeg calls you not long after that. What kinds of things do they say to you in a call like that? They kind of asked me how I was feeling, and they kind of just asked me. They just they'd give me some information on uh, camp and stuff. And development camp is now coming up, and you have made such a meteoric rise from where you were to where you are now. Jacob, what do you think it was that that really you know, brought you to this point? Is it the work ethic? Is it you know the coaching you've had throughout your life? Is there anything you point to? It's got to be the support from everyone. Um, my coach in the Nationals, Dave Matzos, the entire da- uh, national organization, all of the Knights organization, Dale, um, all the guys kind of welcoming me into the team. And obviously my family, they were a huge support. 
to think you're going to give this hockey thing a shot and now you are an NHL draft pick. It is so phenomenal. Jacob, congratulations. Enjoy development camp. Enjoy the city of Winnipeg. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you very much. Jacob Julian of the London Knights, fifth-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. Before we get to the schedule, three other names just want to throw out there because they're worth following. Kasper Haltonen was the fourth player selected on day two. He went to the San Jose Sharks. He was the Knights' top import draft pick in 2022, spent last year in Finland, captained the national under-18 team. The Sharks may look at Haltonen and say, okay, time to come and play in North America. The Knights own his rights. They could say, go ahead, go back to Finland. But there is a chance that because he was selected as high as he was, we could see him in a Knights uniform. Who knows? It's a story we're certainly following. The Arizona Coyotes drafted Jonathan Castagna in the third round. He is a center, great net front presence. He would played for the Toronto Marlboros and St. Andrews College. He's set to play at Cornell in 2023-2024. What would the Coyotes like to see with his development? And the other player to watch is Aaron Manishan. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Dallas Stars. He was a seventh rounder of the Knights in 2021. He's from New Jersey, due to play at what should be a powerhouse Boston College team this season. However, there is always a chance that he is out there in the future. Does he come when he's 19 to get that real look at what a mini pro style is like in terms of schedule and in terms of play? So Aaron Manishan, now the Dallas Stars, Arizona Coyotes take Jonathan Castagna, and the San Jose Sharks drafted Casper Halton. So those are names to watch for. Just more within the organization, and again, more in the pipeline of the London Knights, and even though they didn't necessarily play in London, the fact that there are ties with the team, and and just knowing that either the imports aren't going to be able to come over, finding them in the right situations for them to be drafted. These aren't just, these aren't fifth or sixth round. These are second, third round players going in the National Hockey League. That's a big deal. It is. Huge deal. And taken high. We're yeah. talking fourth round, third round, and second round. So those teams are going to have a big investment in how those players develop. And we know that the London Knights have the reputation of developing players very well. The schedule is out for 2023-2024. One of the things to notice is that there are Saturday afternoon games, 4 p.m. starts. So enjoy those. The the road trip that I don't know how this has happened in the past in terms of, of how the players have done this. It works well when it works. But this past year, the Knights were in either Saginaw or Flint, and we went to Sault Ste. Marie, but there was bad weather. We didn't get in until 4.30 a.m., oh, and the game trip. against the waiting Greyhounds, who'd had the night off the night before, was at 2 p.m. The weird thing is, and this... This is sports in a nutshell. The Knights won the game. Oliver Bonk scored the shootout winner. So the Knights ended up winning that game. But the schedule is out. Not many three and threes, which has been a staple of junior hockey. I can remember one year, Kyle, there were 15 three and threes. So three games in either three days or three nights or two and a half days. This year, that only happens twice. And one is a road trip taking the Knights from Owen Sound to Guelph. So it's it's spaced out a little bit more, which helps the players, certainly. And it, again, mimics more of that pro style. That's what you see in the National Hockey League, where they don't even play three and threes. No, and, and I think that's what it is, too. It's they're mimicking more of a pro style, but they're also understanding that they... 
some of these kids are in high school, they are taking courses and then during the week and they have practices in the evenings or in the mornings. And then they go on these three day road trips and they're coming back exhausted. And there's just, I know when you're young, you're young and you can do it all. But at the same time, you don't want to burn these kids out while they're in their developing years. They want to, you need time to be able to come down and relax and not have to worry about school or assignments or projects or practice or games or scouting or drafts, everything in between. It's nice that they're able to at least space it out a little bit so that they have a day or two here and there to be able to come down and catch up on life. And this year's OHL schedule for all the teams certainly reflects that. We will have some more special episodes as we continue on this summer. Thank you for listening to our draft episode. You can find Kyle at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980. Keep enjoying the sunshine and the summertime. It'll be hockey season before we know it, Kyle. Yeah, there's always news coming out. We'll get a little break in that, maybe like July, August period. But listen, game number one, London Knights, Niagara Ice Dogs. It is happening September 29th. So pencil it in, circle it on your calendars. We're counting down here.